Carolina Outdoors has two types of listeners, those that are getting up early, and then there are those that are coming in late. We welcome you all aboard. The third group is listening to us via podcast. <laughs> you, can find, you can find it over at jessebrowns.com, Apple iTunes, Spotify, all of those types of of places to listen to podcasts. Bill Barty on this side, Wes Lawson over there on that side. You got it. Wes, we're talking about opening day of trout mm-hmm. season, talking about turkey season. Mm-hmm. Now, turkey, they're really looked at as, as big game. Yeah. They're not just bird hunting. This right. is big game. They go in there with deer and pig and all that sort of sort of stuff, too. But we have so many people out there who are passionate about turkey season. Let's let's delve into that just yes. a little bit. Let's. It's It's done by... Um, you know, the seasons are set by the biologist in each state, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and um, the turkey are have been gathered up, and now they start to, to separate, to, yeah, to and, pound off. You know, the spring gobbler season is, is a really exciting time. Even if you aren't a, a hunter, if you've ever seen a strutting time out there, that is what we think of a turkey. You know, chest is all pushed out. The plumage is up. The, the fan tail is all spread out. Uh, feathers are dragging in the grass sometimes. They have that big beard. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they throw that, let's be honest, not a very attractive head out in front and throw out that call, it, I mean, it's loud. It's really cool to see. Um, but, you know, that big strut and tom is an exciting thing to see in the in the wild because it's not all that common. Um, in, I mean, they're exclusive to North America, really, but there's incredible birds to see. Um, Strutting times, you've got some of the younger jakes out there. The poults have all grown up to those jakes, and the hens are uh, the main uh, attractor, but we're really out here for those big strutting times. And you can see them out there, of course. Uh, we oftentimes talk, Don Yeager would all oftentimes talk about the importance of scouting. Absolutely. Uh, prior to the season, right now is a great time, uh, although South Carolina is opening up today, uh, North Carolina hunters can use the youth time for scouting yep. uh, as, as the, that season opens up North Carolina next next time. But you can see these birds, and they are hot. I mean, they I have seen plenty of different flocks, groupings of these turkey. Now, the funny thing is, as soon as opening day happens, they seem to dissipate. They know where to go. The traffic patterns seem to change a little bit. But what should we be looking for? I guess ridge lines, mm-hmm. uh, edge of the woods, maybe water, but then also the acorn, the mast crop is what they, um, you know, like to feed on. Yeah, you know, it really depends on, on each kind of kind of area, um, which is, the, you know, to your point about scouting, getting out there days in advance mm-hmm. to see where they're roosting, calling to them from a distance to see how they call back, uh, get an idea of where they're going to get up in those trees to sleep at night. Yeah, I always feel like, you know, turkeys like uh, easy access to food near cover. They can mm-hmm. get into a field that's not too big. They can eat some millet or some acorns or some sort of a grain, some insects, and if they have to run back into cover, because they would much rather run than fly. And they can fly pretty well at short distance. I mean, it's pretty unreal, but they really want to run if they can. So staying near all that kind of stuff is always good. You know, water source is always important to every living being, but they like that cover. Uh, And they've got some pretty incredible eyesight, Bill. So staying in good camouflage. I always felt like with deer hunting, you know, camouflage was was kind of important, but scent was more important. (laughs) Turkeys can see 
you know, you can be all camoed up, but if your hands aren't, they see those hands and they're not coming out. They're they're gone. Uh, they might come back later, but they can see really, really well. They they are uh, skittish little creatures. So uh, I'm going to bring this up because, of course, here on the Carolina Outdoors for really three decades, an early morning Saturday show here on WBT, blasting up and down the eastern seaboard. Of course, now we have podcasts. Type in highlights of the Carolina Outdoors and up we pop. But as in regards to an early morning program we always love that the turkey hunters are listening to us yeah. now via via the radio um it would up our listenership because they were getting out there yeah. prior to prior to the uh the day's hunt yeah sunrise right now is about seven in the morning or so i guess it's important for us to be able to get out there before these turkeys if we're doing the morning hunt to get out there before they drop out of the roost yep. um so that we are set up, we've done our scouting, mm-hmm. or we're going to at least have an educated guess on where to set up. Mm-hmm. But the timing, should we get out there an hour earlier than maybe the sunrise? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a before breakfast activity, right? And you know, I think, <laughs> right. um, you know, judging distances in the woods is tough because it's it's not usually level ground. It's not always a straight line, but also we have to be really quiet. So, you know, you're, ah. take, you're taking gentle, mm-hmm. slow steps. Um, I always prefer to be in my spot, you know, an hour or so before I can legally shoot. Mm -hmm. So we can legally shoot about a half hour or so beforehand. Uh, I'd probably be in in my spot, whether that's a ground blind or just set up against a tree, probably with a crazy creek to sit on because you're there for a long time. Um, You know, 5.30, 5.45 at the latest, let everything else kind of settle down. Let the, the little woodland creatures get used to me being there. Because if they stay real yeah. quiet, uh, or or they're making their alarm calls, it's kind of game over until that all stops. So you got to get in there, get settled in, get all your wiggles out, and then wait for the first sounds and movement. And it's usually farther away than you remember them being, in my experience, at least. Wow, we've it's heard fun. we've heard this advice as well. And Wes, uh, of course, I forgot mine. You forgot yours as well. Your turkey call. Yeah, I've had one in the truck for years. Now, so I have a, a box call. They yeah. have box calls, slate calls, mm-hmm. mouth calls. Mm-hmm. Which which one did you leave? I've got a box call on the truck. I can do an okay mouth call without the call. I, I could never really use those mouth diaphragm calls. Um, I've had some slate calls over the years that I liked a lot, but those box calls or the gobbler, I forgot what it is. It looks, it looks like a... Uh, like, oh, a, like a turkey baster, you shake it and makes that makes the the, the uh, gobbler sound. Those work pretty well, but everybody can see it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, a good a good hen call is a nice thing to have around. Well, the one thing I always remember is not that that, that I was told is not to overcall. Correct. Always use that sparingly when you need it to to pull them in. Of course, you have your decoys up, and yep. you you of course are tucked away. You've been there. For the 45 minutes as these birds are dropping out of the roost, out of the trees, uh, beginning their day, uh, and uh, just don't overcall, which yeah. takes us back to fly fishing, which is like overcasting, yeah. doing your false cast too many times, losing that energy, and uh, the power in your cast dissipates. Same with the turkey call, I guess. You know, with fly fishing, I will maintain this, and I'll tell this right to their face in cursive, that <laughs> that fly fishing southern Appalachian trout streams 
is m more challenging, more technically challenging than fly fishing big trophy rivers out west. Uh, we have so much more going on in the water and around us. You know, you don't get wide open spaces for the cast. Uh, we have great variability of water temperature and depth, um, which is both a good thing and a bad thing sometimes. So before we go out for opening day of trout season, check your line, check your cast, work on that for a little bit, just 15 minutes of doing it the right way. So when you do get out there with everybody else today, uh, you're making the most of that time because that cast really is important, but definitely don't overdo it. Well, today, uh, and then we're jumping around a little bit because if you're just joining us here on the Carolina Outdoor Day, Outdoors program, That's easy us. for me to say, Wes Lawson, Bill Barty, we hang our hat at Jesse Brown's Outdoors. We invite you to, to stick around with us via social media, our Facebook page, our Instagram page, or jessebrowns.com. Head over there. Right now we have a certain special going on with our Jesse Brown's fly boxes because if you come in and buy one of those fly boxes at Jesse Brown's or at jessebrowns.com, we're giving away free trout flies. Yeah. That's right. Stimulators and Royal Wolves, two different attractor patterns because they uh, imitate nothing yet imitate everything all at once. That's pretty profound. I don't know how that happens, but That's we have them and uh, they are coming free with a purchase of a Jesse Brown's fly box. Box again at Jesse Brown's the store or jessebrowns.com. Wes, it is as we said, opening day of trout season mm -hmm. here in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So, the hatchery supported streams, these are streams that are stocked by the state, filled up with fish. They've spent the month of March putting thousands of brooks, rainbows, and brown trout mm -hmm. into this water. Yep. We heard it from Jake Rash last week. You can listen to that. It highlights of the Carolina Outdoors on podcast, but he talked about those three species of fish being stocked in. Those waters are closed the month of March, but guess what Saturday is? It's the 2nd of April. Yes. Also, we mentioned the North Carolina trout, uh, North Carolina turkey season. Youth season yep. is starting off this weekend. It's going to go for a week before us grown-ups can get out there. Um, to participate, but South Carolina is wide open. In fact, South Carolina is made up of four different regions, and all four are open as of Saturday, but regions three and four, which are the lower part of the state of South Carolina, have been open, I guess, 10 days prior to yeah. this weekend. So they've got a 40-day spring season down there, so a lot of people are Nothing like getting into the woods right as the mosquitoes and the ticks and the sand fleas are getting out, you know. Um, so, Bill, earlier you are talking about uh, attractor patterns. This week I did two things uh, that I really hadn't done in a while. One was I, I, I reworked uh, my dry dropper rigs. There are a couple of different ways to tie dry dropper rigs where your lead fly is an attractor on the, the surface and then your trailing fly, the one that's probably going to do the fish fighting work, is down there under the water at subsurface. There are a couple of different ways to rig those up. So I was working on some of those new systems. The other is, um, I, I'm going to spill some beans here. I took out to cast the new flagship rod from um, from Sage, the Ooh, new R8. Oh, that one's been all over the Internet. All over, but you can't get it yet. We've got them locked away at Jesse Brown's yeah. Outdoors. This is the flagship rod that is replacing the much-loved and fabled X-Rod. And I'll say I am a thoroughly average fly rod caster in a, on a five-weight. And I liked 
the X. But that R8 was unreal. I mean, it 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 made up for for my deficiencies. And I think with somebody who is better than average, it's going to be incredible. There's so much technology to make that rod better. Uh, it's hard to get into without being a scientist, but it was pretty awesome. So that got me really excited. Getting those rigs ready really got me excited. This is a really fun time to be an outdoors person here in the Carolinas. Well, and just to, to clarify, that thing has been made by scientists. They are yes. using graphites and, and technology that NASA and the aeronautical yeah. industry yeah. uses. Those are handmade, uh, hand-wrapped. Uh, uh, the the real seat is glued and fully manufactured in Bainbridge Island, Washington. Mm-hmm. So that's a USA product. That is also a premium rod. It is. I mean, that's a. I think that's a thousand dollar rod. Thousand fifty plus tax. But it is magical. Mm-hmm. Now the benefit of you buying that from Jesse Brown's bill is you get all those good loyalty points. So next time you come in, you can redeem those to save a little bit because you're going to rack up some loyalty points there. Um, but when those are available for the public, they're going to go pretty fast. If you want to come in and cast one of those or get a casting lesson or sign up for a guided fly fishing trip, now is a great time to do that. We have not seen our guides too much lately because they've been on the water (laughs) constantly. And if you follow us on social media, Jesse Brown CLT, you will see the fish they're catching. It's pretty remarkable. We know a lot of you are going out to do fun things in the outdoors. We know a lot of you are heading off for work early on a Saturday morning. Some of you are just starting out. Your Saturday, still in bed listening to the Carolina Outdoors. We're glad that you're joining us. And yes, it is one way to play along. Join us via Instagram and Facebook so that you can see all that's going on in the guide world, in the outfitting world, and in the fly riding world over at Jesse Brown's. Wes Lawson, Bill Barty. Hey, not only do we talk about turkey hunting and, and, and trout fishing and all of that, we talk a little bit about hiking and yeah, biking yeah. and the places to do it. And that's what we're going to do in our upcoming segment. Wes, let's go along to this thing called the Carolina Thread Trail. Yes, let's. It uh, started in 2007, and its name is kind of a throwback to the textile industry here in the Carolinas, in the Charlotte metro region. And it's also a throw to its connectivity of our counties in the Charlotte metro Uh, region being threaded together. So we're going to invite the project director of the Carolina Thread Trail onto the Carolina Outdoors right after this.